family. How, how, how are y'all doing this morning? Anybody glad to be in church? Like I said a few minutes ago, I'm so glad to see you, and it's, it's an amazing day of, of just hanging out with, with our church family, and some of you wore your, the right colors. I know some of you. I know I'm going to get in trouble with my wife. She told me not to talk about this, but I can't help it. Any Bama fans? Okay, I'll give y'all props. Any Bama fans in here? Let me hear it. Okay. Any Georgia fans in the room? Okay. I think, I think y'all are outnumbered just a little bit. Oh, let me, okay, I see one, a couple of Florida fans. Any Florida fans? <laughs> one of them didn't say a word. It's just fun, right? I, I, that's what I love about our church family. We just have a good time. And in football season, you know, it's just a wonderful time to kind of give each other a little bit of, of fun. Oh, 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 okay, Notre Dame. Okay. Anybody else I miss? Tennessee. Tennessee. We got some Tennessee fans. Um, Michigan fans. Okay. Yeah, we got a bunch of them. Braves. Go Braves. That might be something we can all agree on. Amen? Go Braves. Yeah. Uh, no doubt they're the best team in the majors. So anyway, we're starting a new series today, and, and I, I'm just really looking forward to this one. I believe that as we're building strong faith, we've been talking about all year, I think this one's going to help you. But here's, here's the crucial part. You've got to lean into it, amen? Amen? Because how many of you know God's Word is really powerful? We're going to talk about His Word all month. Um, I hope you're just excited about that. You're, you're really, with anticipation, you're looking forward to this series called Firm Foundation. But before we get started, can you help me uh, welcome those who are watching us online this morning? We just want to say thank you for tuning in, and we hope that you've really just experienced the presence of God, and maybe you've been able to take communion with us today. So here's how I'm going to start. We've declared, as I said, this year, a year of strong faith, and our goal is to help you cultivate this strong faith by helping you engage in passionate worship. That's the whole reason for last month. Uh, we want to help you engage in fervent prayer where you're, you, your prayer life goes to a new level where you're connecting with God on a daily basis and you're, you're falling in love with him more and more every day through your prayer life. And then also we want you to be grounded in God's word. We want you to love his word and not only love it but take it in and apply it to your life. So back in January, we preached a series called Pray First, and we said that prayer is not your uh, last resort, it's your first resort. Uh, I've got that wrong. First response, not your last resort. And then this past month in August, we talked about how we can help you worship God passionately. That was very intentional to help you build a strong faith. And of course, today is all about, and the rest of the month, all about God's Word. And I, I believe the reason this is so vital is because we're in a culture where people are de deconstructing their faith. How many of you have heard that word? Maybe you know somebody who said, I'm deconstructing my faith. And maybe you're wondering about that. You know, why in the world would somebody deconstruct their faith? And I believe it's because they believed some lies that the enemy is putting out there through information. You know, a lot of people who are so-called experts who would... would really deny God's word and the value of it would try to discount that. And so folks, here, let me declare this to you right here at the front end of this, this series, that those who would try to deconstruct the Bible probably don't really 
have their ducks in a row as far as the Bible is concerned because there's so much evidence, there's so much validity to the scriptures, and I'm going to try my best over the next few weeks to help you have some confidence in God's word. How many know it really don't need its its own? You know, it can defend itself, but how many know sometimes the Bible tells us to defend our faith, right? And so, in a in a world that's deconstructing, I think we need to be doing the opposite. What do we need to be doing? We need to be constructing faith, building strong faith. And you cannot, listen to your pastor, you cannot build strong faith without God's word. Can I get any man this morning? And so you've got to see it this way. That Christianity is all about living out what God's word says from Genesis to Revelation. And that's really the important part of this. And so I want to start today with a teaching that Jesus did in the book of Matthew. And you're probably familiar with this, this little parable that he, he told. Um, it's, it's really, it really expresses to us the importance of building our lives on God's word and it always being the source of our faith. And so um, if you're taking notes today, I want to just challenge you to, to lean in here. And the first thing we'll, we'll declare is let's build our faith folks, on the foundation of God's Word, right? It's not just a foundation. It's a firm foundation. We sang it a few minutes ago, right? And so Matthew chapter 7, here's what Jesus taught. And actually, the song we sang earlier alluded to this, this story. And so here's what he said. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, right? You notice that? Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it will not, what, collapse. Why? Because it's built on a firm foundation, on the bedrock. And here's, here's the contrast to that. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it, it is. Now, that's a pretty strong word, right? Foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. Now watch what happens if your foundation's not correct. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, what happens to it? It doesn't just collapse. How does it collapse? With a mighty crash. In other words, it's going to come tumbling down just like that. So this week, we had the hurricane that came through Florida. And if you've ever been a part of a hurricane, you know that part of the biggest, the biggest part of that is the the water that goes in and just it just takes houses out right now again a foundation is really important and so you need to be able to have this foundation so that when when the rain comes when the storms of life come which they will amen some of you are facing them in this room you're facing them right now some of the worst storms you've ever faced and I, I want to declare to you if you're facing them without the word of God you're in trouble it's, a, it's not a firm foundation. And so you need the firm foundation that this powerful teaching, this powerful insight that Jesus gives us. Our very lives need to be put on the foundation of his word. Now notice what his comparison was. He compared wise to fools, right? And so here, here's another place in the scripture. I didn't say it. Jesus did. He said, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And then... He also says that the, in, this, in this passage, the person who neglects the wisdom that's found in the Word of God, what does he call them? A fool. And so here we are. We're faced with a reality that it's foolish not to live according to God's Word. Now, 
the, the wise man says this. I'm going to draw on the deep, deep fountain of God's word. I'm going to build my life. I'm going to build every decision I make. Everything will be built on the foundation of the word of God. And therefore, when the storms come, when the rains come, when the trials come, right? When that, that bad letter from the doctor comes, when we get that notice from the bank, when that comes, when, the, when that family member betrays us, when that comes, what's going to happen? We're not going to be torn apart. Why? Because we're standing and our foundation is on the Word of God. Amen. And so this is so vital for you and I to, to make this preference, to really make the Word of God our foundation. So whose responsibility is that? It's mine. It's yours. Because the correct foundation, he, he gave us two things to do. He said, listen. What was the other one? Follow, right? Those who listen to these words of mine and follow them, which both are actions, right? I lean in to what God's word tells me. But I don't just lean in and listen. What I do, I lean in and actually live it out. And so the, the wise person builds a foundation by listening and by following or obedience, okay? Is everybody with me so far? Are you guys getting this? So the foundation is so important because of the things that you're gonna endure. The things that are going to come your way, you've got to be able to combat them by your faith that's built on Christ. And we said that in that song. Our faith is built on Jesus Christ. Amen? So what I want to do is I want to give you, I want this message today to be very, very practical for you. Because I want to put some tools in your hands to be able to say, okay, I'm going to listen and I'm going to follow God's word. So would you go with me to Psalm 119? And has anybody ever read Psalm 119? It's the longest chapter in the Bible. Guess what else? It's also the, the midway point of the Bible. Do you think that's any kind of coincidence, folks? No, I think the Lord sovereignly put a, an importance on his word right in the middle of his word. I mean, it's dead center. Amen? And so I want to just give you some verses out of this, this chapter, Psalm 119. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to take some practical help from it. Amen? So let's read. This is Psalm 119, starting at verse 9. How can a young person stay pure? How? By obeying your word. I want you to lean into those highlighted words. We're going to unpack them in just a second. I have tried to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. Verse 11, I love this one. I have hidden your word where? In my heart that I might not sin against you. Verse 12, I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all of the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commands and reflect on your ways. You notice all those highlighted words, right? I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. And so here's what I believe. How many know blueprints are really important in building a great uh, building? Any builders in here? What's the importance of foundations? You need one. They're so vital. But the blueprints 
actually tell you how to build the, the building, including how to lay the foundation. If you get that wrong, it don't matter how plumb everything is. It doesn't matter how straight everything is. If you don't build on the correct foundation, pretty soon, you know, I heard, I saw a story, the Leaning Tower, you never heard of the Leaning Tower of Pisa? It's built, it's not built on a great foundation and it continues to lean. They're, I mean, I don't know when it's going to be, but they're actually expecting it to, at some point, just totally fall over because it wasn't built on that great of a foundation. And it's been moving like just a few inches every year for a long, long time, right? So, folks, it's important for us to have a firm foundation. So here's what David does. He gives us a blueprint. Everybody say blueprint. A blueprint for laying this firm foundation. So let's take a look at this. First of all, uh, uh, here is how to get most the most out of God's word. How many of you really want to get the most out of God's word when you read or you're, when you in, are informed by it? So here's the first thing. What did he say? Study God's word. Now, studying is a deep dive into the word of God. And I love it because in this, in this season that we're in of technology, there are so many resources out there for you. And there's one that I particularly use called Bible Hub. Anybody familiar with Bible Hub or Bible Study Tools or Blue Letter Bible or Bible Gateway? There are so many great resources for you in, on the internet that are free. Aren't you glad they're free? I'm glad. I, I like free, don't you? And so these resources help you take a deep dive into God's Word. Now, the reason we're doing this is because we want to get the most out of His Word, right? And so in those, on those resources, there are, there are uh, commentaries. If you like to go back to the original language, Greek or Hebrew, you can go study those words in the original language. You can see different translations of the Bible. I mean, there's so many different translations these days, folks. It's, it's really important that you understand that, that those translations, there are differences in them. You know, you have the ones that are like word-for-word -word translations like the ESV, the King James, and, and the NASB. Those are like word-for-word -word translations. And then you have um, ones like the NIV, the NLT are more of a, there's translations, but they're more of the, the, the phrase or the concept of the verse rather than word-for-word -word translations. And then you have paraphrases like the Message Bible and you have the Living Bible. Those are just basically a guy reads them and says, hey, let me, let me just tell you, kind of put it in my own words, right? So that's a paraphrase. They're great for devotions, but not really more deep study. So if you want to go deeper in the study, I would recommend one of the other translations than just the paraphrase. Amen? So study God's word so you can get it down deep. Here's the second one. He says to hide the word. Remember what he said? What's the outcome of hiding the word of God in my heart? I won't sin, right? So if I want to guard myself against sin, what am I going to do? I'm going to get his word down in my heart. How do we do that? How do we hide it? Well, I believe it's by memorizing scripture. I, I cannot tell you how important it is for you to memorize scripture. And I get it. The older you get, the harder it is. It really is. But, but there, there are things you can do. We talked about this a few weeks ago. In music. Put a, put a verse to music. 
Boy, that'll help you memorize it. Or do note cards. Put them everywhere. You know, flashcard. Make a flashcard. Get somebody to, to quiz you. Why? Because you're hiding God's word in your heart that you might not sin against God. Folks, I'm giving you some practical ways that you can, this blueprint for building a firm foundation. Here's the third one. Reflect. Okay? I love to read the one-year Bible on the Version app. Anybody else have, know the Version app? If you don't, get, get acquainted with it. There's some great reading plans on there. But if you, don't, if you just skim through it and read it and you don't meditate on it or reflect on it, then it's not doing you a whole lot of good. And so I would say internalize God's word. Meditate on God's word. Here's a, here's a kind of an analogy. Chew on it. Right? You know what cows do? They chew the cud. And they get the most out of, I'm not going to go into the whole detail because it's kind of gross, but they, they do that in order to get every bit of the nutrients out of it that they can. That's what meditating on God's word is. And I know some of you, when, I heard, when you heard me say the word meditate, why did you say meditate in church? Why? Because you went straight to Eastern mysticism. I'm not talking about Eastern mysticism, folks. I'm talking about rehearsing God's word to the point where it, do, it goes from here to here. And you do that by thinking on the verse over and over again. Like, for instance, let's take, let's take some of the passages we've been, we've been studying right here. We've been reading. Take the, that passage and take it word for word. You know, what is God saying to me through Psalm 119.10? How am I going to hide God's word in my heart? And then what's, what's going to be the outcome? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be blessed because it's going to teach me not to sin. So you're going to kind of hang out on those verses and those words and let it get from here to here. Does that make sense to everybody? Folks, this is, I'm talking about a blueprint to help you build a firm foundation, right? All right, so, so far we're going to study, right? We're going to hide, we're going to reflect, and we're going to, this next one we're going to recite, there's something about saying it out loud that helps. One thing, it goes out and then you hear it. So it gets your hearing involved. And so when you're, even when you're praying, when you're, when you're spending time alone with God, and some of you say, I don't, I don't know what to pray. Well, folks, open your Bible. And just begin to pray God's word. How many you know there's power in praying God's word? When you recite it, there's something happens. You, you get excited about it. You pray it because it, it continues to get deeper and deeper. Say it out loud. I will hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And just say it over and over until what happens? Until it gets from here to here. Amen. And then here's the next one, rejoice. Have you ever rejoiced in reading God's word? I know I have. When I've been facing a trial or a struggle and the Holy Spirit takes me to a specific verse and I'm reminded of the promises of God, what's my response? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me that your word speaks to every situation that I face. Can anybody else rejoice in God's word this morning? The fact that it speaks directly to your situation. That's rejoicing in the Lord. As a matter of fact, Paul says it in Philippians 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord. How much? Does anybody know? Always. And he, then he, he repeats it. He says, and again I say, rejoice. So when, what, what if I just took that one verse? 
And I begin to meditate on it and say, you know what? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. What happens to my spirit? What happens to my, there's joy that begins to emerge because I'm reciting and remembering God's word. Amen. Folks, I promise you. If you're, if you're battling some sadness, if you're battling things, anger, whatever it is, recite and pray out loud the word of God. I promise you, you'll feel better. Amen? The joy will emerge. And this is the one, I, I love this. He said delight. Now, let me ask you a question. Think, do this for me. Think of your favorite restaurant. What are, what are some of your favorite restaurants? Just shout them out loud. Chick-fil-A, okay. Beto's, okay. Any others? I thought we'd go higher than I thought we'd go Ruth's Chris or something. Come on. Or Fogo to what do they call it? Fogo to Shao or something. But we got Chick-fil-A. That's great. Anybody love the Chick-fil-A sandwich? You can't beat it. Now I'm not sure about the new sandwich. Has anybody had the new one? How was it? Nah. It was good, okay. When I saw the commercial, I'm like, uh, honey. Pimento cheese, mm, I don't know. Maybe I need to try it first. But think about your favorite food, just for a second, your favorite food. And picture yourself at a restaurant where you know it's got these great reviews, right? And you take the first bite. Are y'all picturing it? I'm making some of y'all hungry this morning, ain't I? And you begin to say, this is the best food I have ever put in my mouth. Has anybody ever had that kind of experience? Yeah. Folks, think about God's word that way. That when you open it up and you begin to read, oh my goodness, I want to savor this. I don't want to leave this moment right now because this word, as the scripture says, is like honey on my lips. Folks, that's what I mean when I say, let's delight in his word. That when the promises of God, as the Bible says, are yes and amen, when I can lean into them and savor every morsel, every bite, man, what's happening? It's going from here to here. It's changing me. It's transforming me. There's a passage in Jeremiah 15, 16 where it really clearly shows us. It says, when your words came, what did they do? I ate them. There were, they were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. How many of you want to see God's word that way? To savor it that way. Folks, it's possible if you'll take the time. Because how many of you know his word is, is good? And here's the last one. This is, this is the most important one of them all. Obedience. Folks, God's word is supposed to be applied you know, I don't think the you know I don't think the enemy cares how many verses, verses you can quote, right? I don't think he's concerned about that. But a person who has said, "I love God's word, I delight in God's word, I recite God's word, I meditate on God's word," and they're living it out. Guess what? You become the enemy's worst nightmare. Because do you remember what Jesus did? At his temptation, what did he do? Every time the enemy came at him with a temptation, he said, it 
is written. In other words, he used the word of God as a weapon to fight off temptation. Folks, when we obey God's word, it's a weapon for us. Can I get an amen this morning? I heard a saying. I'm not sure who wrote it. So, you know, maybe some of you guys, I know you researchers, go find it out. I love this. A person whose Bible is falling apart experiences a life that's not. Let me say that one more time. A person whose Bible is falling apart experiences a life that's not. Why do we say that? Because when you apply God's word, when you live it out, what did Jesus say? When life starts to come at us, when we face those trials, it's not going to take us out. Why? Because our faith has been grounded on God's word. Amen, everybody? Isn't it good to know this is, this is how powerful God's word is, folks? All right, let's move on. I want to I go, with, go with me to Psalm 19. And I want to talk to you about some outcomes of taking in God's word or building your life on the foundation of God's word. Psalm 19. This is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. He starts out talking about how in awe of he is of creation, right? The heavens declare the glory of God. And then he shifts from that to this in verse 7. Watch what he says. The instructions of the Lord are, say it loud, perfect. And what do they do? Revive the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the, you're getting this, folks. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Aren't you glad how practical God's word is? So let's break that down just for a second. What is the first thing he says? The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. What does it mean when the psalmist says it revives the the soul? Well, I like to to connect it to this dimension of full life that we talk about, our health, right? And I believe that God's word is crucial to your mental and your emotional health. Now, listen, I'm not discounting doctors and helping some of that, the mental stuff and the emotional stuff, but I do believe a life where you, you are taking in God's word and you're meditating on it can actually help you with depression, with anxiety, and the emotions that you would encounter, fear, All of those things are taken care of through the word of God. And what does he say? He says, it revives your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Okay? And so when we talk about reviving the soul, it really is connected to to the gospel. Right? The Bible says... In Ephesians chapter 2, as a matter of fact, I know I had it later, but can we go ahead and put that up there? There we go. That even though you were what? Dead because of your sins, what did he do? He gave you life when he raised Christ from the dead. So here's the reality, folks. That, that when, when you take in God's word, when you're feeding on it, it's, it really is health to your soul. It revives your soul. Other translations say restore or, or renew or refresh. All these R words that you, you get when you take in God's word. There's refreshing, there's restoration, there's healing. And it's all because of what Jesus did at the cross. Because 
what did he say? You were dead or you were dead in your trespasses. And you, the Lord, what did the Holy Spirit do? He, he said, you need Jesus. And so what happens? He made me alive. When I read God's word, I come alive. It revives my soul, a soul that was dead, a soul that was really hanging on for dear life. Now, because of God's word, I'm alive. Everybody say alive. So that's what, you, that's what this word provides for you is a revival of your soul. And so when you, when you have that moment where you come to faith in Christ, your soul is revived. There's, there's a, a resurrection of your life. But how many of you know that it happens and it continues the rest of your days? That as you are on a journey to live like Christ, to be fully alive in Christ, the Word of God keeps you on that track. Now, I get it. We wander sometimes, don't we? How many of you wander every once in a while? I do. And the beauty of God's Word is that I'm not going to wander too far, Tony. When I get sidetracked, the the Holy Spirit's going to use the Word of God to get me back on track He's going to continue to revive my soul. It keeps me, here's what I like to say, in a constant state of repentance. Where there's never too much time that goes by that I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to breathe life into me. So he revives my soul by bringing things to life in my life. And it's a proactive measure. Because if you remember the story of the the prodigal son. Anybody remember that story? His life went to the place where he went. He hit rock bottom. Would you say he hit rock bottom when he's wanting to eat slop? And what happens? The Holy Spirit reminds him, oh, just being a servant in my dad's house is better than this. And what happens? He has a revival in his soul, and the Holy Spirit brings him back to his father's house. Folks, that's what the Word of God does. It revives our soul. Amen. Brings us to life. Here's the second one. He brings you wisdom. Remember what he said? The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And so wisdom, if you define it, is just knowledge applied. So whatever knowledge you have, you actually live it out. That's why it's so important to live out God's word. I can have a knowledge of God's word but not live it out. That's not wisdom if I don't live it out. And so wisdom comes as we begin to embrace the word of God. And you know, his word is full of it. Every, from Genesis to Revelation, it's wisdom. Would you not expect that from the one who is all wise? The one who wrote the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, putting his hand on the writers from Genesis to Revelation. And so when we, when we see here, the Bible has wisdom for relationships. You want a great marriage? How many want a great marriage? Where do you go to find it? The wisdom for the relationship. The word. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Ooh, that's love, folks. Wives, honor your husbands. Respect your husband. Pray for your husband. Where do you find that? God's word. You want want, uh, wisdom for finances. Where do you go? Dave Ramsey? Yeah, you, go, you can go to Dave Ramsey because why? Where does Dave Ramsey get his wisdom from? Right out of the Bible. 
Just ask him. He'll tell you. If you've done it, you know the scripture is the foundation of his teaching. Amen. Not Dr. Phil, right? I'm just kidding. I don't know. He may do some good, I'm sure. Career. You want wisdom for your career? What does the Bible say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Your career choices. There's wisdom for them. Don't you love how practical God's word is, folks? All the wisdom you need is found in those books. Now listen, I'm not against reading other literature to get wisdom. I believe God has given some godly men, women, uh, wisdom for life. And many of them, when you read it, guess what? They may, they may almost own it as their own, but guess where it's coming from? I promise you, anything that you read that has any semblance of wisdom in it comes from God's Word. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 111. He says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commands, what happens? You'll grow. You see the benefit? That you, if you are fear the Lord. Now, some of you say, well, uh, am I supposed to be afraid of God? That's not what that means. Fear in this context is a deep sense of awe and wonder. How many you know he created the universe with just his breath? How many you know when you, when you look and you see the beautiful, uh, all of the beautiful nature that he did that with just his words? Does that, is that anybody else stand in all of that? It blows my mind to think about that, Barb. That the creator of the universe wants to give me wisdom from his hand. Amen. I love it because I'm telling you folks, the Holy Spirit is the catalyst for wisdom. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah 11, it says that he is the spirit of wisdom and understanding of counsel of might. And guess what the last part of that verse says? And the fear of the Lord. Folks, the Holy Spirit is your best friend in terms of fearing the Lord and getting wisdom. Amen? So this is wisdom. It's knowledge applied. And so this reverence and awe that overflows from your understanding of who God is has its foundations in the Bible. And wisdom springs from, let me say this, wisdom springs from a person who consistently engages in God's word. There is a direct correlation between the amount of time you spend in God's word and the amount of wisdom you walk in. Amen? Does that help anybody today? All right, let's move on. The, la- the next one is joy. What does he say? He says, the commandments of the Lord are right. What does it happens? It brings joy to the heart. Anybody got joy today? I went and looked the definition up of joy. It's great pleasure and happiness that transcends circumstances. Okay, so the joy that that comes from God's word, remember what Jesus said, though the rains come, though the floods come, I will not be shaken because I have the joy of the Lord. And the joy that we're talking about comes directly from a intimate, 
close relationship with Jesus. Can I get an amen today? I can show you, I, I, I can watch your life and I'll see how much joy you have based on your engagement with God in, in relationship because that is the foundation. Anybody got joy today? If you do, say amen. Here's the last one. Insight for living. I love that. And let's read that, that verse again. It says, the commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Uh, I used to listen to a, anybody ever heard of Chuck Swindoll? I love Chuck Swindoll. You know, he helped me get through high school. Literally, he did. I had this stereo beside my bed, and every night, on 91.5. Isn't that crazy that that's, that radio station has lasted this long, over 40 years? But I, would, I remember at 9, a, 9 p.m. every night, Chuck Swindoll would come on. And you know what the name of his program was? Insight for Living. Why? He understood something. That every time he taught God's Word, there's insight for living your life. Now, the, the idea here, folks, is the idea of clarity. And there's, there's something true about God's word that the expectation that God has of us are very clear, right? Would you agree? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and your neighbor yourself. That's a command, right? Is that not clear what to do? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Is that clear? Thou shalt not murder. Is that clear? All of his expectations are clear. And the consequences of not living up to the expectations, are they clear? The wages of sin is death. Is that a consequence? That's really bad news. But aren't you glad for the good news that although the wages of sin are death, God loved me enough to pay the wage for me so that I could walk with him in relationship. Folks, the gospel is such good news that even when I understand how clear his commands are and even when I break them, there's mercy and grace. Are you glad for mercy and grace this morning? But as a follower of Jesus, it's really important that I still obey him, right? As a matter of fact, he said in John, I think it's 14, he said, the proof of your love for me is obedience. It's not because I'm obeying that he loves me, folks, right? He loves me anyway, right? But love is an expression and a demonstration of my love for him. Does that make sense? That changes the whole ball. I don't know if it changes. It changes the ball game for me, folks, that I know that God's not up there looking to, to strike me down. He loves me. He shows me grace. He paid the penalty for my sins. But also, my love for him is demonstrated in my obedience. So it's clear what God's word says, right? It's clear as expectation. The, the consequences are clear. And so we have this insight for living our lives. It's clear. The other thing in, in terms of this idea of insight is it's, there's, this, there's this awareness that we have, right? That our lives, 
um, there's a significant insight or we have been enlightened, right? You ever use that word enlightened? I'll give you an example. So before Christ, you're dead in your trespasses and your sins, right? You're in trouble. But the Holy Spirit makes you aware or enlightens you to the fact that you need Jesus. And what do you do? You respond with faith. That's enlightenment. That's insight for living. So that's just one example. And so when we're, we have insight through God's word, we respond to the gospel. And then as I'm on my journey, a continued journey to be like Christ or live full life, the Holy Spirit continues to enlighten me. Do you realize that every time you open up your Bible, it's an opportunity for enlightenment? Have you, have you ever read a, a passage over and over again? And then all of a sudden, oh, that makes sense. Anybody, has that ever happened to anybody else? That's enlightenment. And what does God's word say? It gives you insight for living. And again, it's very practical. It's finances, it's relationships, all of that. So you have the insight on your journey to live this victorious Christian life. I like to say it even further. Any business people in here? Anybody own your own business or acquainted with a business? Do you know that God can, the Holy Spirit can give you insight with creative ideas of how to run your business? Have you ever thought about that? That idea that you got for that new product or, you know, that idea of how to do your job a certain way that you used to do it this way, now you do it this way, it's more efficient. That didn't come from you. I hate to break your bubble, bust your bubble. That didn't come from you. Who did it come from? It came from the Holy Spirit. So there's insight for living, and it's so practical, folks. Or that creative way that you've been embracing new relationships. You know, that, that creative date night. Come on, somebody. Come on, guys. Not just the, old, just the plain old go to, the, go to the, the restaurant, go to the movies, and, and we're done. No, a creative date where you take her to the park and she's in the you, you ahead of time you ordered flowers there at the park and she gets the flowers those are creative things that didn't come from you i promise you <laughs> who did it come from the insight for living that you need comes from god's word amen aren't you glad how practical god's word is it's insight for living. As we close this today, I want to read to you Psalm 119, 105. Watch what it says. Your word is a what? A lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. In other words, before I stepped, there wasn't any light. Y'all get that, right? But he enlightens me when I take the step. Y'all with me? So every step I take, he shines a light on the step, and I know more than I did before. I'm experiencing more of him like I did before. Are y'all with me? 
There's more of him for me to discover. And so that's the beauty of life. That's the beauty of the life God created you for was every day you wake up with anticipation, excitement, asking God, bring it on. I want more of you. I want, I want to be more enlightened. Amen. Is that anybody else's prayer today? I want to know him. Because the truth is, folks, if you've had this mindset that I got to read God's word, I got to pray today, and you're checking boxes, I got news for you. You've missed it. There's so much more, so much depth of relationship. So much more of God that he wants to reveal to you, his love for you, his grace for you, his mercy for you. And so every time he he says, read my word, it's not, read my word. What is it? No, read my word. Because in John, Jesus says this, to know God is eternal life. And that word know is not head knowledge. That word no is heart knowledge. And so when you consume God's word from that perspective and you want to know him, not just here, but here, it's possible. Amen. The Holy Spirit is giving you an invitation today To say, I'll delight in God's word. I'll study God's word. I'll reflect on God's word. I'll recite it. And as you do, there it comes. The insight. The wisdom. Revival of your soul. Y'all see in this, folks? The blueprint for a life that's built on the foundation of Christ is right there. In God's word. Amen. Would you stand? So what's your response to this, folks? Remember, people are deconstructing their faith. And we're doing the opposite. As followers of Jesus, we're constructing faith. We're building strong faith. One layer at a time. One brick at a time. But if the foundation's not there, the bricks will crumble. So what's your response? Number one, cultivate strong faith. How? By building your life on the solid foundation of God's word. Remember, a person whose Bible is falling apart, they're not. Number two, putting into practice this blueprint of how to get the most out of God's word. Remember, recite, pray, reflect, obey, delight. All those words we used out of Psalm 119. That's your blueprint. That's your progression of how you're going to walk and you're going to build a strong faith. Number three, reap the benefits. What are they? Revival of your soul, joy, wisdom, and insight for living. Thank you for joining us for this week's service. We pray that God has used this moment to greatly impact your life. We invite you to live fully alive in Christ with us here at Full Life Church. We'll see you next week.